0: morning. We are going to do something a little different this morning. We finished up our summer series on the book of Micah last week. We are going to be starting a new series on the book of Colossians in uh, three weeks. For the next two weeks, we're going to do something different, something actually that I don't like to do, something that I try to avoid doing if I at all can avoid doing it. But uh, we're going to kind of do somewhat of a, a topical sermon for today and next week, as opposed to what I like to do is just preach through a book of the Bible, because when you just preach through a book of the Bible, God kind of dictates what we talk about. Uh, when you do a topical sermon, which means I, I take a, a, a theme or a topic and then just apply Bible verses to it, it kind of hinges on what I think we need to talk about, or it might hinge on it might hinge on my opinions, and I don't want to do that. I want to say what God says. So I tend not to do this, but um, I feel like the the... The Spirit of God has been leading me to address this um, as I've been listening to people, as I've been looking around, as I've been reading people's comments online. Um, It's obvious to me that our country is at a point where there's so much division, so much um, anger and hostility, so much suspicion, um, arrogance, uh, and and it's, it's just ramping up more and more as the elections approach in November. And, uh, and I felt like we need to, I, I need to address, you know, what, what should we as the church, what should our mindset be as we look towards the elections? Uh, and then also what is our responsibility as God's people in the midst of our, our nation that is so kind of divided uh, right now? And so today I want to talk about, you know, what should our mindset be? And to do that, I'm going to start, uh, I'm basically going to focus on these, a couple Psalms, Psalm 93, and then a few verses from Psalm 97. We'll read those in a second. And then next week, we're going to talk about what our responsibility is as God's people in the midst of a world that is so divided. And so, um, and then the week after that, we're going to pick up uh, the beginning of Colossians, and we're going to go through Colossians for most of the fall. So um, little ones, any, any, if there are any little ones in the room right now watching, uh, I want to ask you guys a question, so pay attention. Um, have you ever been in class at school and your teacher had to walk out of the room for a minute for whatever reason? What happens in the classroom? Or maybe what happens when you have a substitute, your teacher is gone for the day and you have a substitute there who doesn't know the routine, who doesn't really have much control over the class. Nobody really cares what the substitute thinks. How does the class act? What's what's class like when that happens? Um, I feel like right now um, that that we're we're living in a country where it feels like um, God, (laughs) the, the, the ultimate authority people kind of assume that he's left the classroom for the moment, <laughs> and, uh, and we're kind of seeing maybe what happens in the classroom when the teacher walks out, but the reality is, is that God's here. God is here today, and we need to live in light of the fact that God is here, and so um, that's what we're going to talk about this morning a little bit, uh, and, and we're going to start with Psalm 93, so listen to God's word as I read Psalm 93, and then I'll read a few verses from Psalm 97. Listen to God's word. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the ways of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. And then we're going to, let me read a few verses from Psalm 97. First the, the first verse and then six and seven. It says this, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. The heavens proclaim his righteousness and all the peoples see his glory all worshipers of images are put to shame, who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. This is God's word. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would help us as we look at your word, as we think about your truth. Um, Father, we pray that your spirit would open our, open our hearts to what you want to show us and teach us. And we pray that your truth would come forth clearly and that we would respond to it. We wouldn't ignore it. We wouldn't kind of listen politely and then walk away. Father, help us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you, have you ever watched somebody do something, whether it's a stranger or maybe somebody you know, and, and you're just like, what are they doing? This is not going to end well. This is, is going to be bad. I just saw a picture uh, of somebody recently where a guy is basically sawing through a really thick branch of a tree Um, and this wasn't a cartoon this is a real picture the guy's sawing through the branch but but the and that doesn't seem that weird but the weird thing the crazy thing the scary thing about it was that he was actually sitting on the branch that he was sawing through like on the side that's going to fall i'm like that's not going to go well for this guy right or another, you know, another saw-related uh, illustration. I saw another picture, and this had to be staged. I can't believe these guys were actually doing this for real. But, but they, were, they were cutting through a board with a circular saw, you know, the kind of saw with the blade that spins around and around. And one guy was holding the circular saw, and, and they had this board they were going to try to cut through. And, and that's pretty normal. But, but the, the crazy thing, the scary thing, is that the other guy was on his hands and knees, and the board was on his back. And the guy with the circular saw was holding the board with his foot and getting ready to saw through the board on the guy's back. It had to be staged. It couldn't be real. I can't imagine that that was actually happening. But as I, w- as I look at that, even just looking at that picture, knowing that it has to be a joke, you're like, this is not good. This is going to get ugly and painful and bloody. You know, it's going to be bad. Uh, this... Honestly, guys, this is how I feel about the election coming up in November. Right now, as I look around me, I see people, first of all, who are very raw, right, as we've been dealing with the, uh, the effects of living in a pandemic, um, people who have been isolated from one another, people who are frustrated with how we have to respond to this, and um, so, so the people are raw. Um, we, we've dealt in the last several months with, with real serious, painful issues in our nation. Um, things, again, have, have risen up and been exposed about, about racial injustice, and there are people who are hurting, and there, there are protests, right? And, 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 there's, and there's violence and riots. Um, there are people who feel passionately about what's going to make things better. And as I look around me, I, I see you know, people who are passionate, people who are angry, people who think they have all the right answers, who aren't listening to one another. And no matter who wins the election in November, I feel like we're in a situation where it, I'm concerned about what's going to happen. You know And so as we think about this question, as God's people, as His church, what should my mindset be as the election approaches? What should be at the forefront of my mind as the election approaches, um, as we encounter all sorts of opinions, strong opinions, some we agree with, some we really strongly disagree with, um, as we think about our future. And the consequences of the election, as as I think about what I hope is going to happen or just what I hope is going to happen in my life, what, what I want to remind us all today is one simple fact, three simple words that's repeated multiple times in the Psalms in the late 90s here, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns we have a picture of of God as the great king who is sitting on his throne, who, who rules over all of his creation, and he reigns. He's not looking on being like, oh no, this is out of control. God is perfectly capable of working all things for the good of his people. He's Perfectly capable and is going to continue working all things according to his plan, which is to bring everything in heaven and on earth under the lordship of Jesus Christ. To bring us to a place of, 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 where Jesus returns and all is perfect. That is where we are heading. And God is using everything right now to move us in that direction. The Lord reigns. And so this morning, for a few minutes, I want to look at three different things that we need to, to, to think about and, 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 to, and to display in our lives as we think about the fact that the Lord reigns, okay? So first of all, as we look towards the election, we need to remember that the Lord reigns in the midst of our fears. The Lord reigns in the midst of our fears. One of the things that I've noticed as I hear people talking I see them commenting on social media, or see people trying to convince me or other people of of who's right, is is that there's a lot of people who are afraid. There are a lot of people who are afraid. There there are people who are afraid, are, are seriously afraid of what's going to happen if Biden wins the election. They're afraid of how that's going to impact the way of life of many people in this country. They're afraid of how maybe the, the, the government will have more control over things or, or will take more of, of people's money. They're afraid of how that might take away uh, freedoms, religious freedoms. And they're afraid of many things. There are people who are afraid if Trump wins and is reelected. They're afraid. They've, they've seen policies that, that President Trump has enacted. They have seen the way that he has responded and the things that he has said, that seem to have uh, inflamed division rather than calmed it. Um, there are people who are afraid of what will happen as he continues with his policies and his demeanor. There are people who are afraid, no matter what, who is who is elected this 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 fall. There are a lot of people who are afraid. I think that, that well, maybe that's one thing that we can all <laughs> say that we have in common. We're all a little bit scared. We're all a little bit concerned. But as you think about your fears, as you think about your fears with the upcoming election, as you think about your fears with the future, I mean, if you, as you think about your fears in general, I mean, I, I struggle to actually think about my fears of the upcoming election because I'm just afraid about this week. It's just personal stuff going on in my life. But as we think about our fears, we have to remember something that the Bible says over and over and over and over again, God is here and he reigns. As you think about your fears, look at verses 3 and 4 in Psalm 93. It says this, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. You know, it's a picture of water rising up to our necks, maybe to our chin, The water is crashing down on us. It's terrifying. It's scary. We are in danger of drowning. But then listen to verse 4. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. God is stronger than anything that we might be afraid of. God is mightier than anything that we might be afraid is going to hurt us. God is strong. He is mighty. He is reigning no matter who wins the election in November. God is still God. He is still on his throne. He is still reigning. He is still able to get his people to where he wants us to go even if religious freedoms are taken away. (laughs) Give me a break. God is still reigning. Look, there's so many places in the world where where there is absolutely no religious freedom. I mean, it's crazy. And, And guess what? God is absolutely reigning in those places. There's a great argument for the fact that the church is even more healthy in places like that. People's faith is more real in places like that. God is still reigning. No matter what people might be afraid is going to happen. If, if Trump is reelected, and I know some of your worst fears come true, God is still on his throne. He's still on his throne. <laughs> he is still reigning. He is greater. Uh, I, I, I think of the picture of um, our, us being at the beach with our little kids a few weeks ago we went to the beach and as our kids walk up to the beach and, and, and start to step into the water they see these massive waves coming at them and it's scary and the waves crash around them and it's, and it's loud and, and you know it's, for them it's, it's like this is, this is like, a, like a life or death situation right and, and they're afraid to go much further in than like their ankles But if I'm standing there with them, these waves that look overwhelming to them, they basically just come to my waist, (laughs) and they don't even move me. And so if I'm holding their hand, they have no fear. If I'm holding them in my arms, they're like, let's go further, let's go further. Because they know these, these waves that will overwhelm them, that could cause them to drown, are nothing to me. As I hold them in my arms. The Lord reigns. He's holding his people in his arms. We don't have to be dominated by fear, defined by fear. The Lord reigns. Secondly, uh, the Lord reigns, well, first of all, he reigns in the midst of our fears. Secondly, the Lord reigns above all fakers. He, re- he, re- he reigns above all fakers. Look at nine, Psalm 97. Again, makes the clear case, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the many coastlands be glad. And then in verses 6 and 7, this happens a couple times in, in, the, in, the, in the 90s in the, in, in the Psalms, uh, he makes reference to these idols, these images that people have been putting their faith in, that people have been worshiping. Um, he says in verse 7, all worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boast in worthless idols. You know, at the time, they, 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 there, there were all sorts of nations, had all sorts of gods that they worshipped. And they had idols that represented these gods that they, you know, sculpted out of wood or stone. And, and, and they believed that these gods had the power to give them security and peace, to give them life. That these gods had the power over the weather, that they had the power over, the wo- over war. That they had the power to, uh, to, give, uh, to of, of fertility to give them children. Um, to give them uh, crops as they farmed. And, and, they, and they looked to all of these gods to, to give them what they thought they needed. They worshipped these gods, thinking that these gods had the control over life and death. And the psalmist says clearly here, all worshippers of images will be put to shame. But these idols that they worship they they're worthless. When you stand them next to the living God, He is the only one who is true and powerful. He reigns over them all. They're all just fakers. They're imposters. They cannot give you what you need. They cannot give you what you want, what you long for. Why is this important as we think about the election? (laughs) Well, it's not obvious to you. Um, I think we we look to a lot of things in our lives to, 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 to help us to to cope with life, to help us to to to, to, to solve the problems of our lives. And, and I think right now, as the election approaches, a lot of us are looking to the political process to save us. We're looking to the, the right person in office to make our lives better, to make our lives safe and secure. We're looking to, to whether it's the president or Congress, the right people elected, the right policies enacted. We think these are the things that are going to make everything okay. And we're looking to, we look to our political party to to save us. And God says, all of these things are just fakers. They're fakers. I'm not saying that the president, whoever's elected as president, is worthless. I'm not saying that Congress is worthless. I'm not saying that the political process and and, uh, government is worthless. Absolutely not. God uses those things and those people to accomplish his, his purposes in the world. But I think, as gods, they will never give us what we want and we need. You could, you could have everything go perfectly in November. You know, the person you want elected as president could be elected, the, the, the majority in Congress could, could go your way. And, and they could all enact all of the things that you want them to enact, all of the policies. And guess what? There's gonna, it's still going to be brokenness in our country. There's still going to be suffering. There's still going to be all sorts of problems. Because those things cannot give us what we need. They cannot save us. And the frustrating thing is that I think even the, 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 the ones who are running, the, the, the ones in politics, are trying to encourage us to believe that they're going to solve all our problems. They're encouraging us to look to them as gods, in a sense. They wouldn't say that outright, but they're, they're encouraging us to look to them or, or to look to, you know, we, either to look to them or, or to look to uh, this, this idealized vision of, of what our country, we want our country to look like. That becomes the god to us. Maybe the way that our country used to be. We want to get our country to be back to what it used to be, you know, that was built on, on Christian principles and everything was perfect once. i got to be honest with you guys, that's, that's absolutely not true. As, as Christians, we shouldn't be looking to try to make things like they used to be. We should be looking to the future, the way that God's going to make them. As I said before, when he ushers in the new heavens and the new earth, we should be looking to the future, the past Maybe there were some good, good things that were happening then that aren't happening now, but there were some awful things that were happening then. As I said before, I think sometimes, our, our, a lot of times, our, the, the politicians who are running are encouraging us to, to say, look to me, look to the wrong things to save you. I, I'm not going to mention names, but at one of the previous political conventions, one of the speakers quoted scripture and then in the passage where they quoted scripture where it says in the bible it says let us fix our eyes on jesus he said let us fix our eyes on old glory now i'm not i'm not gonna i don't i don't know what his motives were i don't know if he even knew that he was quoting scripture or not i don't know if it was his his or what but that should concern us as believers when someone is quoting scripture and telling us, instead of put, fixing our eyes on Jesus, to fix our eyes on, I'm not saying that we should disrespect the flag. I mean, we should sure, let's, let's respect the flag and honor it as, as it re- represents our, our country. But to, but to raise it to a place of the thing that we need to fix our eyes on, where scripture says fix your eyes on Jesus, that's just, that's idolatry. And and I think we all do this. Every political party encourages us to to look to our political party or, or our political policies to save us or our vision of what our perfect nation will look like. And we need to remember that amidst all of the imposters, amidst all of the fakers, they're all fakers, God alone reigns. He is the one we must hope in. He is the one we must hope in not these other things. Lastly, um, the Lord reigns must be our focus before November, beyond November. The Lord reigns must be our focus in our everyday lives. And, And what I mean by this is that we are called to live our daily lives for the reigning king. We're called to live our daily lives for the reigning king. We are called to live our lives in such a way that spreads God's rule, God's values, throughout this nation and throughout the world. Okay? Psalm 93.5 talks about God's decrees. It says, your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. It talks about how God's decrees, his values, um, his house, his people, should be marked by Holiness. One way in our country that we can pursue God's values and decrees is by voting. It's a, it's a privilege. I'm not telling us that we shouldn't be involved in politics. We shouldn't be voting. Of course, we, we live in a country where we have the opportunity to influence how the government is shaped and, and the policies that are being shaped and, 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 and put out there, right? So we have a privilege and a responsibility, to, to use our vote as we prayerfully consider God's word and his decrees. And we think about who we believe, our conscience, and, and the Spirit's leading us to say, this person will help move the country in the direction of God's decrees, okay? So I'm not saying that voting is unimportant or useless. It's, it's important. But I want to say that voting, your vote in November... Is, I would argue, one of the lesser things that you can do to declare that the Lord reigns, to move this country towards recognizing the reign of God, the decrees of God, the holiness of God. We need to be doing that in our daily lives, in our personal relationships. And if we're not doing it in our daily lives, like the, the election time, it. it, it, it it becomes this time where everybody is very outspoken. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people are very outspoken and passionate about what they think needs to happen. About who should vote which way. But listen, if if we are passionate and vocal about saying that that we need to vote for a candidate who opposes abortion because we're pro-life, but then in our daily lives, we are not sacrificially living in such a way that works against abortion, whether it's supporting financially things like pregnancy centers, like First Choice, or volunteering, or doing something radical like like, uh, increasing the culture of adoption, you know, considering adopting children. If we're not willing to make sacrifices like that in our daily lives, then then I think your vote is more just kind of a a show, saying, I I care about this, but I don't really care enough to actually make sacrifices in my daily life. And and don't don't hear me saying that that I don't think we should be, as Christians, against abortion. I think abortion is wrong. I think the Bible tells us that that we need to be fighting for for the unborn. But if if your fight for the unborn is limited to, to who you vote for, then I would question whether you're really fighting. If you care about immigrants and the way that they're being treated, and if you care about the fact that, that, that people who are not citizens of this country are treated with, with dignity and respect, then I think, yes, you should, you should vote about that. Th- that should reflect in the way you vote. I think, again, we should care about that as Christians. God's word calls us to care about those who are who are in need and defenceless, to care about the foreigner. But if if your fight for the immigrants is is, uh, those who are immigrants is is limited to your your vote and 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 you're actually not working to to see where, where are there immigrants living around me? How can I support them? How can I care for them? How can I live my life in a sacrificial way to love them? Then I would question whether you're really fighting for the fact that the Lord reigns. We are called to know God's decrees, to love God's decrees, to pursue them beyond our vote and regardless of what is accomplished politically. The Lord reigns must be the motto of our life, not just every four years during election season. It needs to be the motto of our life And and people need to see that, that we are willing to, to, to live sacrificially, radically, declaring with my choices, with my words, that the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns needs to be our focus beyond November and before it. It needs to be my focus today. The Lord reigns. He reigns above the fakers. He is as real as they come. How do we know this? How do we know? We know because he entered our world as a flesh and blood man. And he died on the cross. He lived a life that was radical in obedience to the the decrees of God, declaring that the Lord reigns with every step of his life, with every word, It says here, those who boast in idols will be put to shame. But the Bible tells us that those who boast in Christ will never be ashamed. That is who we must fix our eyes on, Jesus. Because it's only through Jesus that our shame can be erased. That we can be made new. That we can have life to its fullness. No matter what happens in the circumstances of our nation and our world. He reigns, God reigns in the midst of the flood. How do we know this? Because Jesus Christ himself faced his own flood. The flood of Satan's accusations. The flood of the weight of our sin. The flood of God's wrath poured out upon him on the cross. We know that God reigns in the flood because as Jesus endured the flood, and he was even drowned in our sin, God was able to use that for the most significant thing in all of history for God's people, to reconcile us to God, to make us new, to give us life, to give us peace. The Lord reigns. And and God worked through it and brought Jesus out on the other side of the flood through death to life and to joy. And because Jesus died for us, because God has welcomed us as unworthy people into his house forevermore, we owe him everything, every moment of our life, every moment of our life to declare the Lord reigns. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us. Um, we, we need your spirit to work in our hearts to help us to know that you reign a- in the midst of our uncertainty, of our concerns about the future, of our fears. As we are tempted to put our hope in things other than you, help us to remember that, remember that you and you alone reign. You and you alone can give us life, you and you alone can help us to live the lives we were meant to live, to declare that you are king. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.